With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid. So scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made. And I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Like a lesson learned Walking out from the cave Now in the light Respectful of all these words I Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. Today is January 17th, 2012, and I am in a new location. Uh, I wonder if it sounds any different. I'm actually on one of those landline phones that um, plugs right into the wall uh, without being, you know, I I can't just walk around. I have to be planted here next to an old-fashioned phone, which feels kind of cool. I know there's a guy on KPFK who does a show out of his garage in L.A., and it's a pretty awesome show, so I'm here in, I'm in a new room. So um, so tonight I posted that the topic would be uh, talking about um, what's going on in rehabs and in, um, in the state of the United States of America, which we're all in, um, about... Um, what's new in the addiction recovery industry uh, and alcohol dependency world? Are you still powerless? And, um, you know, the, the, what I want to talk about is, here's the idea. If I went to my OBGYN um, for women, we all know what that is for you guys. It's when you're going to have a baby or, you know, you're going to check the lower uh, plumbing down there where the babies um, go in for nine months and such. And so if I went to my OBGYN back in 1936 for a um, tumor or for actually anything, uh, they would treat me really different than they did in 1950 and in 1970, and especially if I went in now. Um, If you went to your dentist in 1936 
and you sat in his chair. Uh, they were like pulling out your teeth instead of filling them, and and even like George Washington, he was walking around with some wooden teeth. So, um, <laughs> and then what about if we went to your um, cardiologist in 1936? Uh, I know that my uncle uh, Billy would be not here. Um, if it were back in 1936, because he is walking around with a 26-year-old young man's heart. Uh, he gave it to him when he died suddenly in a motorcycle accident, and my uncle got his heart. So that couldn't have happened even 20 years ago, 30, 40, 50, never mind 75 years ago. So my point is, here we have a paradigm, a very ancient one, a very old one, 75 years ago, uh, that is very much based on faith healing, and powerlessness-based is the major model being used in the United States, I believe in UK and in Ireland. I think the French are, um, they're not much into it. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, I want to welcome everybody to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. I'm Monica Richardson, and I'm your host. And I hope that you call in. I'm going to give the number is 818-475-9211. It's 818-475-9211. And what I thought um, could happen today, I have a friend that's in town. Um, I hope that Hank Hayes is going to get to call in if he can and talk for a few minutes. But I'd really like to take just calls today. Um, I didn't get a guest. Uh, I was in the middle of a huge move from one house to another this week. And so it's like, whoosh, here we are. So um, the point being that, you know, um, if anyone would have said that we could use a pig vowel a pig valve for a heart valve um, 20 years ago, especially 75 years ago, they would tell you that you were satanic uh, worshiper or something. But that, in fact, is going on and saving people's lives. So my point being that I think it's time that all of us look at the fact that Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous uh, never has never done any research at all, that the model hasn't changed at all, um, maybe Narcotics Anonymous um, it has changed a little bit because their book was written in the 80s, and I know for a fact that they've written a new book because they kind of realized they could not retain um, the older members. Well, why can't you retain the older members? Um, me, as an older member who left, uh, the reason I would tell you, and I would love for people to call in and just talk about, uh, actually anything you want to talk about tonight. Uh, there's a whole group of us that, uh, left the 12-step world um, for all many different reasons. Um, a lot of them we found we had in common, um, and people don't want to believe in powerless-based um, recovery. And if somebody recovers, that means you've recovered. You, it, the word means you get it back. You get back your power. You get back your life. You don't have to spend your life. And, in fact, this line, you know, we were talking on the blogs that somebody on Orange Papers Forum, and if you don't know this, that Orange dashpapers.org org has um, a forum now that's pretty active since the stinking thinking blog uh, stopped being a blogging site but remember you can always go to stinking thinking um, dot com for archival stuff and it's like a huge fantastic encyclopedia and i know that friend the girl is finally writing her book she is really writing a very, very important book um, as far as what's going on here. Hi there, Sally. How you doing? I see you in the chat room. And um, you could certainly uh, call in today if you want, Sally, or not. Nice to see you there. Uh, so, you know, this is the kind of thing that we're seeing. Um, somebody, Emily Coy, sent me a link recently about a producer of a real fav famous show, one of those criminal mind shows where he sent his son to a his 17 year old to a rehab for smoking pot which first of all i think is completely insane like uh, you know today that these parents who are sending their kids away were probably smoking pot and dropping acid and um not that he was okay i'm not saying i, I have no idea what kind of how old his father was but i was too young to go to woodstock but you know that, that our culture now if your kid uh, is smoking pot, the fact that you think you're going to send your child away to be mostly, you know, treated by people that are into a faith healing, um, non-science-based recovery thing. And, you know, first of all, I don't even think you need it. Like, the fact that they charge so much money, it's become a billion-dollar industry, 
when I stopped, and a lot of people that I know who had actually problems that were far worse than mine, like nobody went to rehab, nobody needed it, nobody went, um, it didn't cost any money. Uh, they, you know, we we did sort of the basic steps, and you didn't write down all the steps. The writing of all those steps came about because of rehab, because rehab and treatment centers they had to make up a program. So then they started people writing on every step. Uh, that was ridiculous. Nobody did that back in the 70s. And in fact, most of my friends, um, many of them, who chose to stay a clean or a sober, whatever you want to call it, are still that way and um, did not go to rehab. They did not go to treatment. There were um, detox places, and people went for, you know, seven days, ten days, uh, and maybe 30 at the most. And I remember how excited everybody got, the people who couldn't get a job doing something else, who were in recovery, who were like, you know, oh, my God, this is great. You know, they're going to, the medicine, the medical profession, or what, the, in, the in, I'm sorry, the, um, the insurance industry is going to pay for treatment now. And, you know, that was the beginning of what we see now in the end. But I find it really disturbing, and I guess um, I feel like I'm all over the place tonight. You have to excuse me because I just did such a big move, and I'm sitting here in this, you know, wonderful empty room uh, on the floor here. (laughs) But um, there is more space for me now here. Um, So he sent his 17-year-old son to a rehab in Los Angeles, and it turned out that the guy was having sex with all the 16-year-old girls to the point that the police came and they broke in and they arrested him. And that's good news. And so, thank God, this guy has a high profile, this producer of a big TV show, because the uh, they did print the story. And um, I'll try to find the link, but I'm doing a show, so I don't want to navigate too far away from the show. Um, we have a few guests in there. I'm still waiting for Hank to call in. I don't know if he's going to get to do it, but um, Hank Hayes wrote a great book called You've Been Lied To, and um, sort of he created uh, his own version or program, Five Point System, which I do think we need. I think that um, there are many of us or people who, hi there, um, chatters. Uh, The number to call in, if you want to, is 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211. And one of the reasons that I think we needed is that, you know, we all needed each other. There was a lot of support um, when I came to the program, even though I had actually stopped on my own. I did stop on my own. And, um, you know, went through a couple of weeks where I couldn't sleep at night and then it stopped. And, um, but I didn't have cravings and I didn't want it. I stopped because I had had enough and I didn't want to drink anymore. And I had a long time stopped smoking grass because actually that made me even crazier after you know the number of years that I smoked it. Um, and you know, so the story about um, Hank Hayes. I'm sorry, uh, his he created sort of a program like something that's uh, when someone does stop and they want um, a plan of some sort like Smart Recovery. Um, if you're new to this show or to this world, which, you know, I, I, I didn't know about any of this either. Uh, Gunther filled me in. Um, another blogger, uh, Cause and Effect, filled me in. Um, friend the Girl did on that there was such a thing called smart recovery and rational recovery. And I went to these blogs and, I mean, I went to their websites and I listened to the videos and I read and I bought the books and I started reading and Stanton's Peel's book, um, How to Addiction Proof Your Child, uh, I read, and I was blown away. And I was really blown away that it was really sad that I didn't know, um, you know, that this stuff existed so that when my kids became teens that I didn't become like this crazy Nazi um, mom that was full of fear and, you know, and, and actually I was, I think, for a little while. Like, you know, I talk to my sons now, and they're like, oh, yeah, Mom, like you're like so much better now since you left AA. Um, that I was told by therapists, you know, that, uh, you know, that it was a disease and that my kids had a 50-50 chance that they were going to, you know, be, um, that they were going to become an alcoholic and um, because I had had a problem as a teen. Um, You know, one of the things, hey there, hi there, Sally. Sally's in the chat room and uh, how is it up in where you are, 
Is it snowing? It's been crazy uh, warm here. We've had like the warmest winter than I've I've had in like a really really long time. So Hank's not here. I'm just going to keep on going. If anyone wants to call in and just say how you are, um, what kind of work you're doing, maybe I know there's a bunch of us that are activists. Eight one eight four seven five ninety two eleven. One of the actions that I'm going to take, and this is something that um, I know I'm going to sort of create a uh, like a one sheet with some stories, just keep it really simple, that I'm going to take to high schools because I have a son that's a senior, and I heard this horrible story from actually Gabrielle Glasser, who's writing a book, and um, her book should come out, I think, next year, but that... Um, in her kid's health book, it was quoting Bill Wilson. And, um, wow, you know, it's, uh, and I know that my son said that they, the health teachers actually said, you know, well, you know, for research, you know, you should go to an AA meeting. And I said, oh, really? Like, go to an AA meeting, like, on your own? Like, do they really, like, is that health teacher in the program? And, or are they just, like, you know, passing that information on without telling people that they're sending third-level sexual predators and violent criminals to AA and NA meetings now. And you know what? Even if they weren't sending those people, which they are, the predatory behavior that goes on there member on member is so disgusting and is so vile and at, at such a criminal level that I wouldn't send anybody there. And a year ago, before I started my show, when Gunther still had, Gunther 2000, who's a fabulous blogger who I met on the Stinkin' Thinkin' blog, you know, said to me that it is bizarre. Those were his words. You know, actually it was when we were all on Big John radio show when I had called in. And, you know, he was like, it's a bizarre culture. And I was like, wow, you know, what is what does Gunther mean by that? And, um, you know, I just listened with an open mind as he uh, said that. And I agree with him. I'm, I'm there. I, I've been there for months now. That it is a bizarre culture for to be in 2012 and have uh, people that are 50 years old that walk around with their you know chest puffed out, uh, supposedly clean 20 years, who prey on 16 year old uh, daughters of women who are trying to get sober, or 30 year old guys. Uh, who've been around the program five years and have no job, hitting on the 23-year-old who has who works two full-time jobs. So that's the kind of the disgusting pigs that um, we're dealing with in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Let's see what one of the um, somebody in the chat room says. Oh, it's been warm, but it's now ugly. Um, let's see. My ask, Antoine, ask you about speaking on national radio. Do you have the willingness? What are you asking me? My aunt wanted me to ask you about speaking on national radio. Do you have the willingness? It's 50-50 that she can get you on. Liberal movement about AA. Forgot the name, but I will see her. Oh, yeah, I'll do it, Sally. Of course, I'll do it. Um, I think that uh, it's... um, Thank you. Uh, 818-475-9211 is the call-in number. And uh, we're waiting to, hopefully, I'm going to get to meet, Hank Hayes is out here, and he and I are going to finally meet up, and I'm going to meet um, some of the other people that have called in. It's really, really fun for me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, willingness. So there's words, you know, Sally just said wink, wink. Um, There's some words uh, that are so keywords for uh you know AA that I can't even say them and those words would be um alcoholism and I like to call it alcohol dependency because oh yeah there was a new blogger on actually my site if you go to leavingaa.com and then stop13step.wordpress.com uh, just google stop13step in AA and you'll find the other blog but somebody came on Leaving AA, and I think Ryan, one of the other posters, who has um, stepping stepping on suicide. Um, he started that blog because his sister Sarah had committed suicide, a twenty-three-year-old, or twenty. Anyway, it's very very sad. So my my heart goes out to um, 
you know, the healing for Ryan and his family still, it was really recent. It was in September of this year. And, uh, you know, I think about these people who, Amy Winehouse and people who, like, really hated, uh, you know, hated 12-step and hated to be told they were powerless. And, um, you know, these, a lot of them are really punitive, too, um, even the counselors, how they talk down to people. I watched that Sandra Bullock movie where she goes to rehab. It was made about 10 years ago. And I, I watched it, and I was just like, they were making fun of it, but it really was like one big commercial, you know, it, it really was. And uh, I just think that it's time for us to make the push. I think there's been a lot of really serious, like there was, I, I don't know of, of any serious grassroots work that was going on. Um, I know what I was doing inside, trying to make it safer. I was still going to meetings and trying to do it. And then by this time last year, I was like, that's it. I was like planning my, not my escape, but planning how I was going to exit. And um, I couldn't even go more than three or four months. So I would really love for you to call in anybody. Sally, you have a couple of guests in the room. Maybe shy, um, 818-475-9211, to see what you think of what we can do um, what you would like to do, what are you doing? Uh, I, know, I think, Sally, for a fact, the serious activism um, helps us write a really great letter that we we can send. And anyone's listening, you want it, you can get a hold of me at makeaasafer at gmail.com or through the blog talk radio. Uh, and the letter was to go to lay people, um, professionals, and then the other letter was to go to people that were still attending but were really having serious problems with sexual um, predation and, um, you know, sexual harassment. Um, oh, my goodness. I just, uh, you know, it's been just quite a whirlwind um, with the move. So, uh, anyway, it looks like Sally. Did Sally you typing and I'm not seeing what you said? Oh, <laughs> I thought it, I didn't see it. Um, so, here's... I was looking at the big book. Oh, I know what, you'll have to forgive me because I really am kind of all over the place here. Um, So the guy came on the Leaving AA website and was talking about how really most people shouldn't even be sent to AA. You know, like in the beginning, AA was for really, really hardcore people low, low bottom drunks, people that were, I mean, you can watch the Days of Wine and Roses with Jack Lemon, like that's who AA was for. Or you can watch, you know, people who were getting DTs and they got up in the morning and they, you know, started their day with a drink and uh, that's who it was for. In fact, Bill was brought down to where the Skid Row people were and that's what it was for. But, you know, in this post, let me see if I can get to this post that was... um, Welcome, everybody. Thank you for um, joining the show. It was sort of last minute that I... uh, Let me see. Leaving. Where's the leaving AA site? Here it is. So, you know, I thought it was a really good post uh, by this... Where is this guy? Um, Not Frank. Here, here, here it is. It was posted on uh, my blog. It's called Leaving AA. And um, his name was... it, It doesn't matter. Okay. So... He said, here, glad to see there are other alternatives being discussed other than AA. Um, It seems many do not seem to find AA appealing. Um, Many leave because of all the consuming rhetoric that is hurled at you early on. In most cases, people that bump into AA are not looking for a lifetime program, but a short-term answer to a very confusing time in their life. AA is not geared this way, nor is it their message they send out. I mean, I really love this post. I don't know who you are, Leroy Strong, but <clears throat> I hope you send me an email at makeaasafer at gmail.com. I don't believe that AA necessarily has a 5% success rate, but a problem with their message to 95% of people coming to AA. 95% probably don't even belong there that are there right now. of the people who show up for their first visit don't belong there, and this percent could be even higher. 
Um, and he says, AA IMO was designed a bit unprofessionally for the hopeless cases, not your average person experiencing problems with alcohol, people, and emotional and mental difficulties coupled with alcohol problems. And I would say just the added end that maybe the, alco- the misuse of alcohol or the overuse of alcohol, but certainly you are not an alcoholic at that point. And neither is a kid who's smoking too much pot and addict. Like I smoked every day when I was a teenager. And boy, when I was ready to stop, I just stopped. There was like no addiction at all. We could almost say that the advances studies on alcohol addiction with the progressive treatment for it, that AA may be almost obsolete. But to say that AA purposely is hurting people, I think is a stretch, which I, I don't agree with, but you get to say what you want here. I, I think so much of the post um, is so, so good. Uh, thank you for posting this. That the GSO, he goes on to say that the GSO is looking the other way when it comes to the um, social abuses that happen everywhere humans congregate, etc. Um, the treatment industry and the judicial system has taken over AA as an inexpensive way of treating everything related to alcohol. Um, so it's, it's really, I thought it was really good. And then um, I think Ryan posted back uh, something very good um, about you have very sane insight. He said 95% of the people who show up for their first visit don't belong there. Um, he said, I agree. I would argue, however, that no one belongs there. <laughs> Sure, people can choose to go. Many of us who have left AA think that it has many uh, front groups, the NIAAA being one of them. Uh, you know, good point. Uh, back to um, that, the fact of the beginnings of, uh, you know, alcohol, um, when it started, how people were super low bottom. So you walked out on the street in New York and there was a guy laying on the street and he was you know, the guy with the red nose and, you know, his face was all puffy and he was actually laying there with like a bottle of Ripple or Thunderbird. Like he was the guy who went to AA. And, you know, Miss Betty Ford, you know, made it like, okay, I am. And her problem actually was really this pills, but nobody, you know, wants to call them, you know, presidential um, Miss Lady, First Lady. Now, I don't want to put her down. She did a lot of great things and um, fought for a lot of women women's rights that today would look like, you know, she was a total liberal left-winger when she was a Republican, but the fact that she came out about it um, and made it, you know, a big deal to go to the Betty Ford Center and pay $23,000 a month is absurd. It's absolutely, it's a waste. It's ridiculous, and I would really love to see the stats of, actually, we could get the stats from how many court-ordered people get sent. So those numbers exist, you know. I don't have, uh, you know, the, um, the funding yet, to find out how many people are sent daily, monthly. I guess there, there's a number because they know it. They know what they're doing. And uh, so let's see. Sally in the chat room said, "Movie stupid, like saying alcoholics can't keep a plant alive for a year. The stigma they push on us, even though they say they shouldn't um, if we have a disease. Um, why do they ask us why we relapsed and slap our hands? If it is, it is yeah, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, that is, you know what, I, I really, um, this part about when people relapse and there's people who are in and out, like, uh, in fact, Gunther's story, which is, I think, pretty powerful, uh, and you're so right, Sally, uh, uh, in and out, he was for 18 years. 18 years he was in and out, and then he sort of made up his own, version of by reading a lot of different books by Albert Ellis and um you know if A doesn't work for you and he did Life Ring and um RR Rational Recovery and some things from Smart and something else um I can't remember the name of it but hey Sue how you doing um hi Kenneth uh people just you know chiming in now um if you want to call in I was kind of waiting uh, for Hank, but you know what? He must be in route, and he can't get to a phone that he can call. I know he had another meeting, but I really wanted to just talk about what is going on in the rehab industry. Uh, if you want to call in, either Sue, Sue, I, I, you can be sure that um, it'll be a sweet conversation, right? Um, 
uh, 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. Um, the thing that, uh, because of the story that broke about this uh, producer, um, God, I wish I could find the link right now, but I'll, I'll find it, um, that he got uh, his 17-year-old son, went to a rehab for marijuana, and then the guy who was running the rehab um, got arrested because he was having sex with the 16-year-old girls, young young yeah they're you know young teens and telling them that was part of their program which you know very much like um what the spanish speaking community told me last uh, last year well, i guess it was 2 years ago now at prasa which is the pacific regional aa service assembly that took place in, place in los angeles and the women told me that that was going on with the spanish speaking women in the united states in 2010 that the old men uh, Spanish-speaking men were taking women of all ages up into the mountains to do their fifth step and telling them they needed to have sex with them as part of their program. And you know the fact that that one story alone didn't just make everybody's head spin in the room and say this has to stop, we need literature, we need to have these people arrested, we, they need to be thrown out, you need to rewrite the tradition. The fact that they didn't act like that made me go, like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, am I, like, in one of those bad Harvey Korman movies? No, not Harvey Korman, but who's the guy who made all the B movies? Remember that guy? He made all those really, like, scary, the witchcraft movies. Um, um, oh, my God. It was uh, Roger Corman. okay? I felt like I was in a really, really bad Roger Corman movie in Venice, California, in, like, 19... 19- early 60s, or though, let's throw it back to like, how about like the witchcraft era, like, you know, let's go back to the 1600s, where the women are wearing like long skirts, and, and all their hair is still long, like nobody ever gets a haircut, they don't like wear makeup and, and do their hair, but they have like 40 years of sobriety, and they look like they're so angry and so dead, and I'm like, you know what, I do not belong here, I am not like-minded with these people, these people are, here, Roger Corman, thanks Kenneth, <laughs> So um, the fact that they reacted that way when I told them that um, Tracy White was murdered by a couple who pretended they wanted help in recovery and he went and, you know, did a call on them and then they killed him, um, or the fact that Christine and Sandra Cass were murdered by, um, I think it was, um, was Cromley, I forget his first name, um, in Honolulu in August of 2010, and he was court-ordered. The court judge and the health professionals, people that spent years in college, they sentenced him as part of his like recovery plan to go to a meeting, to a place where they tell you that there's that they have no no tools and skills. Um, for being angry except praying for people. Like what kind of like insanity is that for somebody who stayed there and was there for 36 years that I actually saw a pattern with people that when people, even people who just like worked the program their ass off and they were a- actually able to have long-term abstinence, that when you got into that year as a 15, 16, 17 years sober, that stuff went wrong. And if you didn't go to therapy by then, that when you got to 20 or 21, they like drove their cars into you know trees sober or um, you know were ready to lose their minds because the program doesn't teach you any life skills when it comes to feelings or emotions or maybe people skills and how to talk to each other and not always talk about yourself. How about those kind of skills like hi, how are you? What's your name? Where are you from? You know, where did you grow up? Or and then if somebody tells you the story. The AA members always go, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I did that. So anyway, 818-475-9211. I'm in my new my new house, and I'm sitting in a nice, it's actually an empty room. I have a dresser here, but um, I just moved in on Sunday. And Sally, um, we got Sally and Sue and Kenneth Anderson, a few other guests in the room. I want to thank everybody for uh, joining me, and I was hoping... Um, but some of you would call in, maybe, and tell me what you think about um, the state of the union when it comes to. Um, wait, I just want to go to this, get this thing out there. When it comes to the uh, addiction recovery industry, it's not even like it's an industry. It's like not even a. 
um, alcohol dependency world, are you still powerless? Um, I think, let me see, I want to go down here. I had Jack Trimpy on last week, and um, here we go. We have a mandated Daytona NA member rapes a nine-year-old girl in Florida. That was one of my other stories that uh, NA Daytona had posted. So he was mandated to NA, and he rapes a nine-year-old girl that's living across the street. Oh, yeah, and we have a presidential candidate. Is Is he still in the race? Uh, Newt Gingrich, Gingrich, whatever his name is, um, that he was actually promoting that, oh, my God, that, you know, the big book and the 12 by 12 actually helped him. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We have a guy running for president that that is his template for life. Okay, I'm, I'm going to move to France. I can't, like, that's, if he were to win, I, I can't stay here. My my sons were like, no, Mom, we got to move. <laughs> um Let's see, Sue says here, um, no, the cult only teaches you to question everything about yourself except the cult and all of the slogans. That's right. It's like all about, you know, where what is your part in it? What did you do? Um, here's this. I, I grabbed the, the chapter, We Agnostics, right? And the parts where it talked about, I mean, there's no way you know, if we were go to you know, the Supreme Court about this, um, that the, it says right here, um, let me see, I'm on page 45 in the big book. But um, let's see. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. So that means I won't have a problem anymore, you know, that I don't have to come to meetings forever and ever, but they sure make you feel like, you know, where are you? And, like, you know, you need to keep coming. Um, we That means that we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Um, let me see here. Um, lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Um, you know, it kind of it says it's a moral problem, and then like the paragraph before that, um, it says, if a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. Um, yeah, everything Sally then says here. And everything about your life um, making you sick, sick, and sicker. We have a caller on the line. I want to take the caller. So let's go over here and let's see. Hi, caller. You're on the. You're on live. What's your name? Hello, Monica. This is Kenneth Anderson. Hey, Ken. How you doing? I'm doing good. You sounded like you would enjoy somebody calling in and talk with you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I would I love know, it. I know. I know it gets uh it gets to be a lot to talk all by yourself on the show. Um I was just uh well, I have many things on my mind. One I was looking at Project Match. If you know that study? No, I don't know from that study. N- from the NIAAA. Um Project Match was a huge thirty five million dollar study and they compared uh cognitive behavioral therapy treatments with 12-step treatments with uh, motivational enhancement therapy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, the supposed conclusion they got were that they all worked equally well. Um, there's a couple problems that, uh, with the study. First of all, they didn't have a control group. Mm-hmm. Now, every high school science student knows that if you don't have a control group, you know, you have no meaningful results. You can't say that anything works without a control group. You know, because you have to compare it to, you know, nothing. Mm, I don't actually know what that is. I'm so sorry. I'm not scientific. So what is a controlled group? Well, a control group is a group that doesn't get treatment. Oh, okay. Okay. So to know the effectiveness of a treatment, you have to compare it to a group that doesn't get treatment. Mm. So when you just compare three treatment modalities to each other, you don't know if any of them are better than doing nothing at all. Um, and some of the studies showed, you know, yeah. some of the older studies, they showed treatment effects 
uh, you know, in the first six months, and then after a year, the control group and the uh, treated groups were doing about the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we have some really false assumptions here. We assume, I mean, the assumptions <clears throat> made are that alcoholism is a progressive disease that is 100% fatal, but the actual studies from the NIAAA showed that more than half of people overcome alcoholism on their own with no treatment, no AA, nothing. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, especially Stanton, like, and I've heard other people that are maybe not sort of the bloggers, but people who've written books who are, have PhDs, like after their name, um, have all said that, that the that people, that, excuse me, that most teens, um, like, grow out of it, and even people that aren't. Um, so I'm interested in this. I'm so glad you called in. So when was the match study done? Uh, Project Match was done in the 1990s. Uh, um, no, I think I'm too early. I think it was about 2000. Anyway, mm-hmm. I got the manuals uh, for the treatment modalities. I ordered them from the NIAAA, which did the study, and I was reading through the 12-step facilitation therapy manual. And, uh, you know, it incorporates harm reduction. It doesn't look like any... 12-step treatment program I've ever seen, and it certainly doesn't look like AA because the manual tells you that, you know, people should value every day that they abstain, that they don't have to count their time, that if they abstain, you know, 20 days out of 30 that they've done great. And, you know, you can't go into an AA meeting and say, I abstained 20 days out of last month's 30. I'm doing great. (laughs) They'll kill you for that. But that's what they were doing in the 12-step facilitation therapy. Mm. No wonder it was successful. It doesn't look like AA. Right. You know, what are you (laughs) – I really – I think it's funny because – well, it's not funny, but I really think that your – I know, like, the history of, you know, moderation management, you know, kind of – had the, its own little road, but I think that harm reduction with alcohol uh, could really have a huge component in helping with the stopping of sending. I, I'm going to order your book. I know I've, I was so busy with my move. You know, there's a bunch of people's books that I haven't gotten, and I, I really want to get it because I do think that this puritanical viewpoint that we have in our country that. If you have a teen that's acting out, that it's either the highway or the no way, you know, uh, my way or the highway, rather than teaching how to reduce the harm and talking about their feelings and if all the stuff that you talk about and what I love, you know, some of the guests that you've had on your show, um, are you doing any outreach at all? Do you have somebody who's sort of really passionate about your program that drinks, that it's really showed reduction that maybe a young person that has gone through your way? Um, do we have research? Is that what you're asking? We don't have any no, research I mean, do you, studies. Do you, somebody, you have, do you have somebody who you have connection with, whether it's in, in New York or around the country, a young person who did not want to be absent, who hated AA, who came to, you know, Ham's Harm Reduction, got your book, read it, and is now doing successfully reduced the harm but still drinks moderately. Um, you know, most of the people that are active in our program are adults, um, and mm. probably I'd say the average age is about 40, and mm-hmm. I, we don't have any teenagers. We actually, um, we had a board meeting a while back, and we decided that uh, we were going to be only for people over the age of 21. We actually mm-hmm. have a separate site called Students for Safe Drinking that talks about people under the age of 21, mm. but it's never become really active. What we what we are really uh, the mm. people that are really coming to our program are the are more middle aged, 30s and 30s, 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. and they've decided that they don't like their drinking patterns anymore and they want to mm-hmm. make a change. Right, and you know. Once again, going back to the uh, NIAAA study that I was talking about, the survey, the huge survey they did, right. found, you know, half of people, more than half of people recovered on their own. Um, only 25% um, remained alcohol dependent. About a little less than 20% recovered with treatment or with AA, and more mm-hmm. than half recovered, about 56% recovered on their own. No treatment, mm-hmm. no AA. And what the other thing that they found was roughly half of the people that recovered 
did it by cutting back on their drinking and about half by quitting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, abstinence is not the only option. I know. And this was a this was a study over a period of 20 years. So some of these people, I mean, it took them 20 years to decide to quit or cut back to where they didn't have problems. That's one of the things that we want to be doing with harm reduction is to speed this up. We say, okay, you can use this tool, that tool, and that tool, and you can you know, start making your changes now before you have bigger problems. That's and right. That's one of the things we're really interested in doing. I think so. Now, have you, because um, I know you're in New York, right? Are you in Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you ever gone, because, you know, I've, I know that um, Secretary for Sobriety, SOS, has really grown. I you know, I looked on, I still haven't had him on, but um, or somebody from there. It's really grown, and you know, even Women for Sobriety has grown even since, you know, Jean Kirkpatrick, I know, has passed away. But there's a real need for it. Have you ever gone to the courts and tried to, you know, with your book and say, look, you know, maybe, I mean, this is the part, I want to say this, and then I want you to answer me, right? but I wanted to say that I think that, when someone gets one DUI or even two two DUIs, most of them are not alcoholics. Like they need other tools besides being sent to AA. And I think that your your way and your like you know harm reduction is so much better. Have you ever gone down there and said, you know, look, uh, you know, can you buy some other books and maybe some of the people will like this way? Have you done that? Now that's a good question. Now I haven't done that, but what happened was uh, there was a person that came into our chat room and they said that the court is requiring me to attend a meeting and I'm mm. not going to go to AA. And I I asked uh, them if I could do hams. So can I fulfill my requirement doing this online chat? Yeah. And I said, of course. And they said, well, will you write me, you know, will you write me notes? Will you write me email notes for my attendance? And I said, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have one person who has completed, uh, like last month, they completed their course of court-ordered meetings by using the HAMS chat room online. So oh, now we good. have set the precedent. Yes. Right, right. And do you know where they were from? Were they from Brooklyn or were they? Uh, no, they were uh, in Colorado. That's really, really great. So I know somebody actually there who's doing serious work with the court sending um, people to, they've agreed to send people to alternatives, and I don't even want to call them that. So they're sending them to SMART or, you know, to you. They really know about all the different ways. That's fantastic. I think, though, we need to amp it up a little bit because, you know, you have people kill themselves. You have people, like there was a couple of police officers uh, here who committed suicide in California, one in San Diego, and then my realtor um, told me that someone up in Ventura County had recently um killed himself because she was friends with you know a police person up north and um because they were sentenced to aa and they viewed aa as such a punitive like the police don't want to go there you know mm-hmm. um and i i do think I, I i can understand why you know maybe hams can't really address people underage because you're not supposed to drink right it's illegal to drink under 21, but if you're going to say, okay, it's illegal, but I'm going to send you to a faith-healing cult that's going to disempower you and that's okay, rather than to a place that's going to teach you skills like Ham's harm reduction, like, you know, I I would rather choose yours, you know, than than AA. Mm -hmm. Well, our board uh, voted to split into two groups, one for the younger people and one for the adults. So it's not that we've refused to address them but the, the the younger people's group has never really taken off. And I think, my feeling is that something needs to be actually organized by college students themselves. Because, right. you know, I'm an old guy. I don't really, right. you know, it's not really my place to be telling the young kids what to do. I'm not their peer anymore. Right. It right. really needs to be peer-led. And mm-hmm. we have a lot of information that, um, I mean, they could... Take it all out of our book. They're, I mean, everybody's welcome to use our information. All you have to do is, you know, you include the copyright info, and you can, you know, reprint our information, send it around. We're happy to have it circulated. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll, I can find somebody here. I know somebody, um, I actually know a couple of young people that are in their um, early 20s. One is 21, another is 25, and one is a guy and one's a gal. And I think if, you know, we could get it circulating, you know what those young people and their Facebook and Twitter and their social media um, to really 
uh, even a simple thing of you know teaching someone to drink a big glass of water between every drink, and um, it, just it's the attitude can you know of that you're not like as soon as I got that my children were not doomed to be an alcoholic because I you know drank too much as a teenager. My children, you know, acted differently when I believed differently. So what, what does that tell you? Is that a disease? That's a disease. If, if, when I change how I believe and I tell my children that, you know, and say, that's a bunch of bullshit, that's not true, and you are not powerless, and you make a choice, and you, you know, you have to be accountable, and you can't drink and drive, and if you do, you can't drive and you know, and the responsibility of learning to walk and places and, you know, and say, okay, I'm going to stay over a friend's house. You know, all that, that's sanity. Yeah, I would be happy to work with some young people if you would refer them to me and give them my contact info, which is, it's all over the website. Where it's, so, um, yeah, I would love to do this. I can, mean, can you there give it out, are, just, just in case someone's listening? Why don't you give out all your info? Oh, sure. Like you can uh, you can uh, contact me at 347 347- Six seven eight five six seven one, or I prefer email uh, hams at hamsnetwork dot org. Okay, so everybody, did you hear that? So it's hams at hamsnetwork dot org, and also you have a radio show. So you want to give a little plug for your radio show for people who can listen also? Oh sure, we have the harm reduction in the radio show. It's uh, blogtalkradio dot com slash harm dash reduction, or just do a dish. Do a keyword search on Blog Talk Radio for harm reduction, and you'll turn up our shows. And, yeah, I would love to work with some young people. There are, you know, there's information that we need to get to young people, and they're mm-hmm. not getting this information from from anyone. You mm-hmm. know, we, we need to tell them that, you know, most of the people out there, they say, well, you must never get intoxicated. It's very bad. And, uh, you know, young people are going to get intoxicated. They are going to experiment. They're going to right. try it. Right. But we need to tell them, you know, on your 21st birthday, don't drink 21 shots of whiskey and kill yourself with alcohol poisoning, which some people have done. You know, right. you can't drink that much that fast or it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't throw up. They die of alcohol poisoning. So we need to right. say, yeah, we're not going to get mad at you and yell at you if you experiment with alcohol, if you decide you want to try getting intoxicated. If you even become a weekend warrior, you know, which a lot of mm-hmm. college students drink on weekends and then they mm-hmm. study during the week. Right, right, and, right. You know, but we want to say, you know, when you go to your parties, you have to be safe. You know, you have to have your transportation arranged. If you're a single woman don't go, you know, to a drunk frat party where you're in danger of getting raped, you know, all by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you should travel with either your other friends. Mm-hmm. Traveling with friends to be safe if you're going to do that. Or, you know, drinking by yourself is also a safer way to drink sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you I are think going you... to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is it, it really, really good information. I do have some young people, and I will, um, you know, I'll talk to them about calling you and see if maybe it would be a fun way if we did a radio show where the, the young people called in and asked some questions, and um, especially people who tried it and then find out they act really badly, like when they um, get drunk. Or I had a young person um, tell me that you know she had I guess smoked a lot of pot and like felt like she lost her mind. And she's like, oh man, you know I don't ever want you know I don't think I can handle that. And yet she can drink, you know, moderately just fine, you know, because I've seen her. Um, and I think, but, uh, you know, even that, uh, people can learn how to, I mean, medical marijuana is legal here in California. So, um, you know, it's pretty widely used from what I see uh, in Southern California. But, um, you know, so the name of your book again, so people could, will know. How to Change Your Drinking, A Harm Reduction Guide to Alcohol. How to Change Your Drinking, A Harm Reduction Guide to Alcohol. Um, what do you think? You can get yeah, it from ahead. Amazon. It's best if you order from Amazon because we published in conjunction with Amazon, and they pay us a bigger royalty. Oh, okay. Now, have you ever um, – this sounds like a, a stupid question, but you know, maybe not because um, I think it would be great if, uh, you know, even in prisons – 
Have you ever thought of trying to sell your books to some prison so that, you know, when the guys come out, maybe they're, they're, they they kind of want to drink and maybe they'd like some tools? Okay, that's that's an interesting <laughs> one that you ask about. You want to do some um, PR yeah, for I you? Got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a letter from someone in prison, and he said, you know, can you, uh, can you send me some articles about harm reduction and alcohol? And mm. so I sent him a copy of the book. Mm-hmm. So and also at the uh, addiction providers conference that I went to in October, I also mm-hmm. made contact with uh, the corrections, a guy from the New York State Department of Corrections that I've uh, given him a copy of my book too, and so I've been talking about that. Um, the latest outreach project that we've been doing is that we've been partnering with Vocal. Vocal is a Brooklyn. Needle Exchange and Drug Users Union, and they have a harm reduction group there, and I've been coming in. I've come in once so far to talk about harm reduction for alcohol because, I mean, a lot of these people are drinking as well as using other drugs, and they were very appreciative of the information. So we're talking about doing this on a regular basis, maybe monthly to begin with. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I, I, this is the part that I love about this. You know, a lot of us blog and there's the chat rooms. But there's something that happens, Kenneth, you know, when we're on radio or on the phone like this, even if it's Internet, that when the first radio show, I mean, Gunther did one and then I was on, there was a Big John Radio. No, I guess Big John Radio came first and then Gunther did his show after that. But what happened there was that, you know, I was I called in about what I was working on, trying to make a safer. I was still in it, you know, still trying to change things. And then from that I left, but there were all these bloggers from Sink and Thinkin' that called in live, and they, for the first time, many of them heard each other's voices, right? Because it was all sort of very anonymous and blogging. But then I find that when we talk, like even you and I are now, that the brainstorming of, like now that I've moved, you know, it was a kind of a big move, and then I have an office here, that, you know, all this type of thing, which would be your book, Tom Huerveth's book, um, the many books, and that that even I could do it, like I could call the prison, you know, as a third party and say, look, like I know it's not working. We have lots of other ways now. And, you know, I think that we should look at, you know, let's try them because drinkers and, you know, drug takers cause a lot of problems in our society. And locking them up is not the answer. (laughs) You know, so I think that it's fabulous that, you know, somebody contacted you but it's almost like sometimes it's great for someone else to promote someone else's stuff, you know, like you know how A gets all that free promotion? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to work on getting that to happen for you and Amy Lee Coy's book and Hank Hayes's book and every other book that makes sense, and especially if somebody's alive and has a program like you do and a chat room and a meeting and a time where people can gather um, that especially with young people, especially with people who want and are able to drink moderately, that, that they can feel like, you know, um, that there's other people like you that, no, you're not abstinent, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Correct? Right? You drink, like, is it once a week? Is that what your plan is? I drink uh, no more than two days in a week, um, and I don't drink when I have to work the next day. So, you know, I don't drink if anything's going on the next day. So I abstain at least five days out of the week, sometimes six days out of the week. Mm-hmm. And I drink at home very safely. I don't go out. I just watch Netflix and, you know, works for me. No problems. <laughs> well, I love it. i got to say you really saved my butt tonight, although I was, you know, there were people in the chat room and they were chatting and talking to me. But it's always better when you have someone you know, to talk to and talk with, and I really feel like um, you really added a lot to my show tonight. I really appreciate you calling in, um, and, m- m- you know, we'll, we'll talk again. I know that I have, we, we have each other's email, right, regular email? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'll call you when I'm not on air, and we, I'll talk about some of our ideas, but I want to thank everybody for Joining me tonight, I want to thank, this is Ken Anderson, Kenneth Anderson, who called in from Ham's Harm Reduction Network. You can buy his book on Amazon, and uh, you can listen to his show. It's Thursday night, right, Ken? Yes, yes. Thursday night, night at what time? 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, it's. Uh, I'll have a show next week, and... Uh, 
and I'm going to get to meet Hank Hayes out here in California this week. I'm really excited about that. And um, I look forward to the next show, and I want to just, you know, just to encourage everybody to tell everybody wherever you go that um, that there's other choices and go to your PTA meetings and talk about harm reduction and um, other alternatives. And I'm going to work on, you know, writing a letter and going to my PTA meeting um, this week, actually, and I think it's next week, and talk about that. So um, I want to thank everybody, and we will see you again next week. Okay. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.